one of my big sisters was a cheerleader. So as a first grader, I learned all the cheers of the Centralia High School cheerleading squad. I could do all of them. Um, sometimes she would let me sit in the student section so I could be really close and watch even closer. I had no interest in what was happening on the basketball court. I was only interested in the cheerleading squad. I could still chant most of them. And it didn't do me much practical good because by the time I was in high school, the desire to be a cheerleader had evaporated, but the cheers do come in handy sometimes. This morning's scripture reminds me of a cheer. Action, action, we want action, A-C-T, I'm away. All of our scriptures are about demonstrating faith. Who we are as followers of Christ is what we do. Action. From the iconic Micah scripture, doing justice, loving mercy, walking humbly with God, to the reminder um, in our epistle that we're going to look really strange uh, when we follow Jesus, but we need to do it anyway. To the sermon on the mount, blessed are those on the fringes, those who are doing the hard work, peacemaking, bringing the kingdom of God. The summation of Christian discipleship is to do hard things on purpose. Action. Jesus continually invited us in his life and teaching to do things that would risk our reputations, our well-being, sometimes even our very lives. Jesus did not say, when it seems convenient, plug these concepts and practices into your life. But when it doesn't, don't worry about it. No. He said, pick up your cross and follow me. And all of those circumstances that you are accustomed to seeing as red flags, suffering, hardship, discomfort, persecution, they do not mean to turn around. They need to keep going. You're on the right track. Blessed are you for your actions. Suffice to say, Jesus was not the greatest marketer, right? He just wasn't. He would do these dope things like turning water into wine, healing people, and then he would go out and ruin it with his teachings about religion and wealth. He just didn't have like that spark of being able to, to make things seem um, sparkly and enticing all the time. And yet that is the invitation that we are left to ponder. Why and how can we do these painful things on purpose? Why is it that people like to run marathons? Or do triathlons? Or eat healthy all the time? Or to put it in Texas terms, stay up all night and smoke a brisket? People leave that out. Why would someone take the long road of doing justice, loving mercy, walking humbly, even when faced with suffering and no guarantee of good fortune? Wouldn't it be easier to just take the world's way? Look out for number one. Take care of ourselves first. Don't worry about anybody else. Do your thing. Wouldn't it be preferable to be comfortable, to be safe, 
I would propose that even though there are these barriers to doing these hard things, that we're drawn into them because our eyes are on the prize. That marathoner is thinking about the finish line. The person at the smoker is thinking of how that meat will taste the next day for dinner. The disciple thinks of how the life that Jesus lived and shares brings freedom. How it beckons us out of the rat race of unending empty pursuits. How it shows us what truly matters in life. Loving others. Finding peace in our own hearts. Letting go of things that do not matter. Forgiving, hoping, using our life and our breath for peace. This past week, I had the blessing of a second encounter with the community of Holy Wisdom Monastery in Wisconsin through the Ecumenical Center for Clergy Spiritual Renewal. Holy Wisdom is a Benedictine community that forms itself around the role of St. Benedict, and one of our tasks during this immersion was to come up with a personal rule for life, knowing that our intention and action are what truly form our Christianity. We're saved by grace, we know that, as the Lutherans, through no action of our own. But discipleship, growth, peace, the fruits of the Spirit, those come from our dynamic relationship and obedience to the way of love. Sister Joanne, who is 92 and has been in this convent her entire adult life, she entered when she was 20, uh, told us what it was like to live a long life of discipleship in the way of St. Benedict. She told us that when she was young, it was all about the rules. It was very narrow. More about getting to prayers on time and who to be obedient to. But then, as she got older, it grew wider and wider, and it was about the intent and the truth and how it formed her. She said living in community is like living in a rock tumbler, which sounds about right. But through her obedience to God, she has been a part of incredible personal growth, an incredible community of transformation. She couldn't have accomplished this if she hadn't taken that hard path, if she hadn't submitted herself in obedience to God's ways and watched what happened next. None of these things could have taken place if she didn't trust Jesus. My dad, who was a sports medicine specialist, would often tell his patients, the longest distance in any run, walk, or jog is the distance between your couch and the front door. The longest distance in our discipleship is deciding to trust God more than our own comfort. To believe what Jesus taught rather than pursuing the path of his existence. And to know that our suffering will teach us something crucial. So we don't need to run from it. We can always choose love. Discipline like this is very hard. Until it isn't. When the hard work pays off, those runners who accomplish their goal, those smokers cutting that meat, those who have persevered through any hardship in order to accomplish something difficult, they remind us that what is truly valuable 
requires endurance. And there's something that happens, isn't it, when you get into that zone? When you have committed yourself to the process, when you've stopped resisting, you get swept into something bigger than yourself. Into the flow of what is. Into that rock tumbler of discipleship. Doing the hard work that we've committed to do. We're so fortunate. We're so fortunate to live in grace, to come to a place that reminds us of that all the time as its name. One of the famous Benedictine abbots often said, I fall down and I get back up. I fall down and I get back up. I fall down and I get back up. You're going to fall. As you pursue this life, you'll fall. By God's grace, through the community that surrounds you, through the Holy Spirit, you'll be lifted again. We have our lives unfurling before us to embrace, to trust, to act, to love, and to forgive. So, ACT, I know when. Amen. Let's sing together, let justice flow like trees. Please stand.